Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, today we're going to be talking about grief, uh, and we'll go into actually some details about the grieving process. Uh, we just wanted to say right here at the quick very beginning of our time together uh, that if you or someone you know are grappling with grief in a way that feels overwhelming or like you don't quite know what to do, uh, we'd love to walk alongside you in that. You can reach out to anyone on our staff. Uh, we've got a great network uh, of mental health professionals and therapists that we know and trust. Uh, please don't walk through this season alone. Uh, please don't listen to this information and feel like you have to then take it in and apply it just yourself. Uh, let us walk with you through this. I can't wait uh, to get into this material together. Uh, thanks so much for being here with us today. Welcome back to the Highway Community Podcast. Like, it is great to have you with us wherever you're joining us from. Like, we would love to connect with you in this season, whether you're here local in the Bay Area or if you're from somewhere far away. Like, if Highway doesn't quite feel like home for you yet, or especially if you're without a church home right now, I want to encourage you to head to highway.org and click Get Connected in the top bar there. One of our pastors would love to follow up with you, would love to hear your story, would love to help you find how to land in community in this time where that is both so important and equally really hard to do. Because that's why we do this together, is because the journey of life and the journey of faith is a road that's best traveled together. And we've been in a series called No Stranger the beauty of God with us. And we've been taking a look at the life of Jesus, Jesus's human experience. This is the Advent season. And so uh, in this time, we remember that our hope isn't in a God that's far away, one that's removed from brokenness and hardship and sorrow, but in a God who's entered into it and experienced it fully. See, what I love about this series is it just complicates things for us a bit, but like in the best way. Jesus just complicates all the ways that we assume barriers between us and God, the ways that we compartmentalize. Well, you know, this is what it means to be a human. So I'm over here and God's off over there, all holy and distant and removed and stuff. In the best way, Jesus breaks down all the ways that we imagine that God doesn't get it. That God doesn't understand the human experience because Jesus lived it. And it's been really impactful for me to work through this series and consider that Jesus didn't just teach with authority as God, but he also taught with empathy from the shared experience of being a person. It's not like God just airdropped a bunch of information into the world. But Jesus actually lived and experienced what he taught. He didn't do so from a position of privilege. He got no free passes at an easy life. 
And it's a small shift in how we view Jesus's teachings, but it can really open them up for us in a new way, that they're not spoken just with authority, but also from experience and with real empathy. And I've been thinking a lot about Jesus's Sermon on the Mount this year. You know, we did a whole series on it in the spring. Uh, And you know how sometimes Jesus says things and you're like, well, that's an interesting observation, Jesus. How does that actually work out? Yeah, I've been coming back to the Beatitudes when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. That's such an interesting statement, isn't it? And you know, there's the follow-up promise that those who mourn will be comforted. But if we're going to talk about being blessed, uh, wouldn't it be more blessed to not have to be comforted in the first place? Wouldn't it be better off to not have to mourn at all? And what we're going to do today is we're going to explore that idea a little bit. And we're going to look at two places in the scriptures where Jesus experiences grief and loss. And Jesus is no stranger to them. Both on a personal level and at a more corporate broad scale, Jesus is no stranger to grief and to loss. And as we look at those moments, we'll get to see not just that Jesus experienced them too, but we'll also get to see and consider how God responds to us (laughs) in moments where we experience the same thing. We'll look at two passages today. Uh, We'll also later joining us will be a special mystery guest uh, that's going to talk practically with us about grief in this season. Uh, And then what I want to do is I just want to set an invitation in front of us to consider today. Our first passage comes from the first half of John chapter 11. I'm going to do some paraphrasing here, but please follow along in the text at home. As you're making your way there, you know, this is one of those passages like I was talking about earlier, where we don't get to see just that Jesus experienced grief himself, but we get to see Jesus respond to grief in other people. You know, we get this window into how God experiences grief and how God enters into grief with us, even if it's messy or even if we do it in a clumsy way, because none of us are at our best in those moments, are we? And that's why this passage is really so special to me. I want to be a person that handles my grief well, you know, like in a dignified sort of way. Uh, Sometimes, though, I'm just mad about it. I lose my filter and then I feel guilty about it. But let's take a look at this passage and see how Jesus experiences loss and grief and also responds to it in others. This passage starts with Jesus out in the wilderness with his disciples when messengers come to him with news that one of Jesus's close friends is sick. Uh, The subtext of that message is, your friend is dying, please come now. (laughs) And now the journey to get to Jesus from the village of Bethany, where Lazarus lived with his sisters Mary and Martha, and where the messengers were coming from took at least a day. And so there's the very real reality that Lazarus might have already died before the message even got to Jesus. Still, even so, Jesus waits two more days before leaving to go back. And imagine being Mary and Martha in that moment, you know, calculating the travel time, (laughs) looking out with anticipation for Jesus, 
on that first day when you expected his arrival. And then on the second day when you expected his arrival. And when word gets to Mary and Martha that Jesus had finally come, Martha runs out to meet him. You know, Mary stays home. She's following the Jewish custom of at least one family member being there present in the house with the guests who'd come to mourn. And so Martha goes, she runs out to Jesus. And when she reaches Jesus, she says this, John chapter 11, verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's a statement of faith. And that's also a clear accusation. If you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Grief brings that out in us. God feels so far away sometimes. God, where were you? Those are the questions that come to mind for us. And Jesus gets this same response from Mary when she comes out of the house to meet him. John chapter 11, starting in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where were you? So what does Jesus do? Let's continue on in verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. That's the same word, by the way, used to ascribe Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested. That same level of emotion he is experiencing right here. Verse 34. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied, verse 35, Jesus wept. See, Jesus knows loss in this moment. He is no stranger to the pain of separation that death can make seem so final. He is no stranger to seeing those you love hurting. John tells us earlier in the chapter that Jesus loved Lazarus, that Jesus loved Mary, and that Jesus loved Martha. And here's why I want to come back to that passage from the Beatitudes. As Jesus mourns in this moment because he loves. Martha and Mary mourn in this moment because they loved. The grief and loss our experience because love was there first. And I wonder if maybe that's why those who mourn aren't just comforted, but blessed. Because they've known what it is to love. Now, Jesus's grief in this passage is fueled by the love he has for his friends. Friends, by the way, who were upset. (laughs) Remember, if you had been here, Lord, This wouldn't have happened. In in a few verses, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but Mary and Martha don't know that. How does he respond to Mary and Martha? He enters into their sorrow with them. 
He grieves their sorrow at the death of their brother in the same way that he would one day grieve his own. In their assertions of his absence, he didn't leave. He didn't scold or reprimand their response. Instead, Jesus, the infinite and eternal God of the universe, the word become flesh, the image of the invisible God, Jesus wept with them. And look, I have a hard time finding a more powerful image of Emmanuel, of God with us than this. And it's so easy to think that God's not present in the midst of grief, that, you know, God's on the other side for when we get it over, for when we get over it or for when we get ourselves together. But this is what I love. Jesus just breaks those divides right down. How does God respond to the grief and the rawness and the imperfectness of Mary and Martha in this moment? God weeps with them. How do you imagine God responding to you in those moments? When you lose your filter? When you say, if you would have just been here, Lord, this wouldn't have happened. How do you imagine God responding to you in those moments? In all of the opportunities this year has presented us to grieve. Could it be that Jesus, who was no stranger to what you are experiencing, could it be that Jesus doesn't leave you? That Jesus doesn't scold or reprimand you? That you do not have to be afraid of your grief? But that Jesus weeps with you instead? How does that change the way that we hold grief? How does that change the way that we experience those moments, maybe even the way that we see God? I want to dig into grief and the grieving process a little more deeply here. It's not something in our culture that we've historically talked about a lot, and I think that's really to our detriment. You know, the first thing I wanted to do today was take this passage in John 11 and show us that grief is normal, (laughs) normalize it a little bit. To remind us of the fact that Jesus grieves too, that it's not wrong, and that God meets us there, actually enters into it with us with grace and compassion, that God's not absent in our grief, that God is there with us too. And the next thing I want to do is start to give us some footholds, start to give us some sinful scaffolding, start to build a framework for us to know and to recognize a little bit more about grief in ourselves and in others and to start to flesh out some first steps for when we find ourselves there. And to help me do that, uh, I'm going to be joined by my favorite person in the whole world. Uh, my wife, Brittany, has a master's in social work from UCLA with a specialization in children and families and a subspecialty in grief. She has worked in hospice as well as the palliative care and emergency departments at Stanford. Uh, in line with this series title, you could say that she's no stranger to this topic. And so I'm excited to have her join us. And we'll teleport now to our kitchen table for that conversation.
Well, welcome everyone here to our kitchen table. It's a Friday night, and uh, here we are, babe, recording a podcast together. So much fun. So much fun. So yes, fun. this is exactly what you pictured, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Friday night. Uh, we're going to do our best to make it through this. You know, we put the kids to bed maybe 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, we may get interrupted, but, you know, we'll just we'll roll with it because yeah. this is real life. <laughs> and you're sitting here at the kitchen table with us. Uh, just to uh, catch you up a little bit about where we are in the conversation, we've been talking about uh, how Jesus is no stranger to grief. We've been looking at this passage in John 11 where... Uh, Jesus, uh, according to Mary and Martha, at least shows up late uh, for uh, their brother Lazarus, who is really sick. Lazarus winds up dying, even though Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead in just a few verses. Uh, Jesus stops and he uh, doesn't judge Mary and Martha's grief. He mm-hmm. doesn't scold them for their accusations that he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he enters into that grief uh, with them. Jesus weeps with them. And, and we've been talking about how uh, God seems absent in grief so mm-hmm. often, uh, but like really considering from this passage uh, that, God's, that God's with us. Yeah. Um, uh, grief is kind of an unfamiliar thing, you know? Uh, we don't talk about it a ton culturally. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, what I'm excited about to do together now is uh, to just kind of talk about some grief basics uh, and then maybe even get into a little bit of what are some important things for us to remember? How do we be good friends uh, and uh, companions to people that we know uh, who are grieving uh, and that sort of thing? But, um, I, you know, this year has had lots to grieve. Yeah. Uh, grief sneaks up on me sometimes. You know this better than anybody. Uh, and it surprises me. Uh, and I don't think, cause I, I didn't really kind of quite have a grid to be able to recognize it in myself. Yeah. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share just a little bit about, uh, how we can start to pay attention to that, uh, internally ways that we might know, uh, that maybe the thing that we're experiencing right now is, is grief. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, first of all, whenever I started learning about grief, I, had always equated it with the death and dying process, and that is when we grieve. And so having the opportunity to have my eyes open to being able to understand, like, oh my goodness, grief happens in normal life events and normal loss in our lives. Mm. And um, I'm one of those people who fights it, and I don't want to experience (laughs) it. And so I pretend it's not there, and then I realize, like, oh my goodness, there's so much loss, and there are things that I need to grieve. So... um, the thing that I think is fascinating, the CDC website actually says that uh, grief can occur due to drastic changes to daily routines and ways of life that uh, usually bring us comfort and stability. That hasn't happened at all this yeah. year, at all, no. <laughs> yeah, and so so whenever we consider that, and, and oftentimes whenever I was working in hospice, they say multiple losses whenever we're looking for like red flags for complicated grief or people um, have it, that might have a hard time as if they have like more than one loss in their lives. And so that's also another thing to consider whenever we're looking at, like, trying to acknowledge what's going on inside of us. And the typical, like, feelings of grief, it can be shock, disbelief, uh, or denial, anxiety, distress, anger, periods of sadness, loss of sleep, and loss of appetite. Um, it, It can look very different in people, but those are typically the things that we experience. We might snap at someone. We might just feel weepy one morning or... um, or just um, sometimes highs and lows, but it's mostly like sadness, anger, disbelief, denial, numbness, mm-hmm. those types of 
mm. things usually go on. Mm. When we uh, when we find ourselves there, yeah. Um, are there you know important things for us to uh, remember, or how do we begin to kind of like? You know, I I feel like the moments where I've experienced grief have been kind of like bewildering, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't really know what's going on. I don't really know which ways up or yeah. down. Uh, how can we start to kind of like reorient ourselves a little bit, or what are good things for us to remember in that in that process? Yeah, I think the the thing that always helps is to begin by accepting it and mm-hmm. acknowledging how you're that. Oh my goodness, I'm grieving, or I'm really sad about this this thing that mm-hmm. happened. Um, and so, beginning by just a simple acceptance um, of the emotional experience that you're having and of the and then like allowing yourself to have awareness of the losses mm-hmm. in your life. I think another thing that is huge is not comparing my losses to someone else's losses mm-hmm. in that process, um, but being true to the fact that I'm feeling loss right now. Because mm-hmm. yes, or I try to tell myself like, wait, but other people, there are other situations yeah. that are worse than mine. I'm I'm fine, <laughs> and so in doing that, we end up not allowing ourselves mm-hmm. to process our emotional experience or where Mm. we are in that moment. You know, it's really so interesting because both of those things are ways that we keep ourselves from like actually acknowledging what's, what's actually going on. You know, I think we've got such a strong cultural narrative of like, uh, tell yourself you're fine. Yeah. Keep going. Just keep pushing. Uh, you'll get over it. You'll get through it. But what I'm hearing you say is that actually stopping to say, I'm grieving now and naming the thing that's been lost is actually the first step in the process to begin to work yes, through it. Yes, definitely. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to take that in for a minute. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the other thing, uh, you know, and the comparison, the comparison thing is so hard, you know, that's also a way that we keep ourselves from, uh, I think sitting with our own grief is, you know, we can look at the grief of other people and kind of like compare it to uh, what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if, uh, it doesn't feel as bad, you know, mm-hmm. we start to like diminish our own experience and that kind of puts us in a, like in a weird kind of like negative, uh, negative kind of like self spot. So, um, you know what we've got a, uh, we've got a kid that's awake, so we'll be right back. All right. We're back. Uh, we forgot to hang the advent <laughs> ornament for today and our six-year-old just felt very strongly <laughs> about coming to tell us about the fact that we forgot that, uh, losses, you know, yeah. it connects in there, it, totally it connects, does. And there's, it connects in there somehow. Uh, you know, one of the, the other kind of like, uh, expectation things that I think I've heard you talk about, uh, is just timing with mm. grief, you know, like. I think we live in a world where it's like, if I can just know the information, mm-hmm. I will be fine, Yeah, you know? And like, if I can just learn enough about it, if I can just read a book, if I can just structure my day the right way, then like, I'll get over it. Can you speak a little bit to kind of like the grief timeline, just so that we're kind of aware of that, like oh, for, for sure. us and for other people too? Yeah. Whenever, um, it seems like the time kind of depends, dependent upon how com- complicated it is, first of all. So if someone has one simple loss or one life event, it can be shorter versus longer if they're multiple or dependent upon how complicated the grief is. So there's like a spectrum there on how long it typically takes. But I think one thing that whenever I was working, they usually said six months to a year. 
now it looks like it's a year to two years is kind of the time frame mm. that can um, be normally processing <laughs> overcoming um, the loss. But I think the way that it is typically described, it's like um, in that time period, you should be able to function in your normal life. Mm. Um, you should be, um, yes, having moments of despair or moments where you need to process and cry or loneliness or um anger the different feelings that you're having but you should also be able to like pop back up and be like okay I've got my normal day or I can I can function I think if it gets to the point in that six months a year to two year that two years that it's becoming difficult to um function in our day or or do our daily tasks it's a really good sign of maybe we need some support or mm. some extra outside support. Um, but it can take a while to process all of this. Yeah. Um, and so there's also the grace with give yourself time, bring people that are safe in that yeah. can, um, hold it with you and walk alongside of you, but also, um, giving ourselves the grace of it may take a little while yeah. to process everything. I think that's such an important thing to keep, uh, in mind, both like for us our like our, for ourselves and for the other people that we know that are walking through grief is just that it takes time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the biggest mistakes that I've made in trying to be a good friend is like <laughs> microwaving the process yeah. for people. And the biggest mistakes I've made as a human in trying to work through my own grief, uh, is it's not a fun feeling. And so I just want it to be over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? so it's like, yeah. and I'm done now, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm not, I'm actually not. Uh, yeah. and so I think that, I think that timing point is, uh, is, is such an important one, you know, uh, and you know, one kind of specific lane for this, uh, in this time, you know, for folks, uh, that are around kids, you know, whether yeah. that's, uh, kids that, you know, kids that are in your own family, uh, kids that are in uh, your school, if you're a teacher or that you run across like in, in work, like uh, kids are trying to figure out how to orient this in yeah. figure out this time. Also, uh, for for those of us who are in the unique position and the hard position and really the 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 painful position mm-hmm. of like watching kids grieve and try to kind of grapple with uh, the losses and the uncertainty uh, and upheaval of this year? Yeah. Like, like what, what are things that we can do, uh, to be helpful there? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics <laughs> <laughs> and it was, um, always such a privilege when I had the opportunity to walk through grief with kids. And so, um, I think the thing that people most often think of is to not talk to kids about it. Um, surprisingly, most families, I would show up and it's like family members are in hospice and they're like, we haven't talked to the kids. They don't know anything. And then I would start meeting with the kids and be like, they know so much. (laughs) Um, and so kids know most of the time or they're, they might be in denial too. Right. And so they might not actually be able to communicate what's going on. So I think that the biggest thing is actually talking to your kids in an age appropriate level. Um, not just about what's going on, but like how they're experiencing it and how they're and what losses they've experienced. One day our girls just started drawing pictures about like, um, things that they missed. And it was really powerful to sit there and watch them be Mm. like, I miss doing this. I miss, and and that was a really cool activity. They just did on their own to help them process the loss that we've had as a family and the different things that they missed. But something, one, talk to your kids about um, the losses and how they might be feeling about that. So you, you might be feeling anxious or you might be feeling scared or sad or um, 
lonely or, or whatever the, whatever the feelings are, angry, um, you can talk to them about that and ask them to talk to you whenever they feel those feelings. Um, and you can also observe their behavior. You know, your kids best, right? So Mm. like, or the kids that are in your world, like if they start having different behaviors that are new, that also could be a sign that they might have some locked up feelings they're trying Mm. to process with the grieving process or the loss that they have Mm. in their world. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this was really fun. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, and we got interrupted one time, but that's fine. Uh, we'll remember the advent calendar for tomorrow. Nice. Uh, and thanks so much for taking some time yeah. uh, to uh, to talk with us. I really appreciate your willingness to be on the podcast. And for those of you who are listening, uh, we'll teleport back now uh, for uh, the rest of our time together. Uh, Well, welcome back to this space. I hope the teleporting has treated you well and that you're okay. Uh, To catch us back up, uh, we've talked about Jesus being no stranger to grief and loss, and that as God in the flesh, we got a glimpse of how God responds to our own grief in the way that Jesus weeps with Mary and Martha in John 11. We've talked about how to start to recognize grief in ourselves and in others and some good things to keep in mind as we do so. And there's one more passage I want us to consider this morning. You know, grief can sometimes be about a personal or specific loss, like we saw in John 11. And sometimes it can be more broad than that. Like it can be just about the state of the world, about the choices a group of people is making, the direction a culture or a nation or a people group are going. And Jesus is no stranger to that kind of grief either. Luke 19 catches this moment when Jesus is on his way back into Jerusalem for the final time. You know, this is that moment that we celebrate on Palm Sunday and where Jesus is riding on the donkey that his disciples have gotten for him. This cultural symbol of a king coming in peace. And he's making his way there and, you know, people are lining the streets and laying down their cloaks for the donkey to walk on. This is that Palm Sunday moment. And as the city of Jerusalem comes into view, Luke captures this moment starting in verse 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. Like Jesus in that moment knew the consequences for the Israelite people. It continues on in verse 43. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Jesus was the king who came in peace to make peace. And that peace was rejected. And Jesus knew the suffering and sorrow that that choice was going to create. And as the perfect king that he is, as the image of the invisible God on earth, he weeps over the people that he loves. 
because they've chosen a way that leads to their own pain and sorrow. He grieves because he loves. Jesus wept over the city he was about to enter because they wouldn't know the peace that he came to bring. Here's my question for us to consider as we close our time together. Where do we find ourselves in this passage? How connected are we, even in the midst of grief, to the peace that Jesus came to bring? This is the second week of Advent, where we light the peace candle, where we reflect on Jesus as our Prince of Peace. But how connected are we to that peace. And I don't mean like, do we know the verses and understand it in our minds? I mean, like, do we experience it at a soul level? My hunch is that perhaps there's a measure of peace, a peace that God wants for us, a peace that's present with us, even in the midst of grief that we're not connected to. Because here's what I think happens oftentimes. Where we experience grief and loss, those moments are painful, those moments are hard, uh, and we start to close ourselves off. Uh, We keep those raw and imperfect and vulnerable places to ourselves. Uh, We don't want people to see us lose our filter. We feel guilty if we lose our filter with God. And we hope time fixes it. Or we try to numb it or distract ourselves from it. Or we try to just carry it ourselves. We don't want to burden others with it. Maybe we feel embarrassed by it. When we experience grief and loss, we close ourselves off. We try to carry it on our own. But what I want us to consider this morning is that Jesus is present with you in those places. That God is not absent in your grief. God is no stranger to it. Instead, God walks alongside you. Just like with Mary and Martha wants to enter into that grief with you. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your burdens on him, because he cares for you. And that phrase, cast all your burdens, is a reference to the beasts of burdens, you know, the donkeys and the camels of the day. Here's why. Those animals used to bear on their owner's behalf the things that were too much for them to carry. Those animals used to bear on their own backs the people who could not make their journey, could not make the journey on their own. And that's God's invitation to us. You don't have to carry it alone. In your moments of grief, whether it's personal loss or grief at the state of the world, Jesus knows what it's like. 
Jesus is there with you. You don't have to carry it alone. Let Jesus bear the weight with you. And we want to walk with you in this season as well. You know, the holiday season can be hard already, uh, let alone the 2020 version. One of the most important services that we do in the Advent season is our longest night service. It's a place for those who grieve to gather, to acknowledge the grief that we share, to ask God to meet us in that place. It's one of my favorite things we do all year. It's such a meaningful space. And that service is taking place this coming Sunday, December 13th at 8 p.m. Pacific time on Zoom. It won't be as polished as a live stream, but the value is really on being able to be together, even in a digital way. And so we've chosen Zoom as the platform for that service. If you want to sign up to get a link, you can head to highway.org. You can click that Get Connected tab I encourage you to at the beginning of the podcast. And on that card, on that digital connection card, you can just write Longest Night in there. And one of our staff will get back to you with the Zoom link. Or uh, if you feel extra detailed, uh, you can go uh, on the website to our calendar. On December 13th, you'll see an event at 8 p.m. for the Longest Night service. And the Zoom link and sign-up form is right there for you. We'll also be posting that on social media and sending that out to the campus email list this week, too. Hope you'll make it there. Is it in this season where we remember Emmanuel, where we remember that God is with us? Let's hold close to our hearts that Jesus was no stranger to grief. That God's not absent in those places, but wants to enter into them with grace and compassion. That there's a peace that God longs to bring into the world and into our lives. God is with us, even in our moments of grief and loss, because Jesus was no stranger to them. Would you pray with me? God, we look to you, and we thank you so much that you have come for us that you entered into the fullness of the human experience, uh, that we don't surprise you with what happens to us or what comes out of us. God, in the, the raw moments, in the vulnerable moments, in the places in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts that feel unpolished, uh, where we've experienced grief and loss, whether that's in the past or in the present or in the future, God, will we know the fullness of your presence with us in those places? Would you be that steady companion who journeys with us on the side of the road, waiting for us to lean on you, to set our burdens down on you that are too hard for us to carry on our own? As much of a risk as it is, God, would you fill us with the courage to reach out, uh, to not be isolated in our grief, but to walk together as we seek to be people who live and love like you do in the world. We thank you for 
the amazing love that you have for us. God, would you help us shine the light of that love into the world just a little bit more brightly. We love you. We pray these things in and for your name. Amen.